Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Paradise Lost by John Milton. Book 8, lines 1 through 216. Adam, having heard Raphael's account of creation, responds. The angel ended, and in Adam's ear so charming left his voice, that he a while thought him still speaking, still stood fixed to hear. Then, as new waked, thus gratefully replied, What thanks sufficient? Or what recompense equal have I to render thee, divine historian, who thus largely hast allayed the thirst I had of knowledge? and vouchsafe this friendly condescension to relate things, else by me unsearchable. Now heard with wonder, but delight, and, as is due, with glory attributed to the high Creator, something yet of doubt remains, which only thy solution can resolve. When I behold this goodly frame, this world, of heaven and earth consisting, and compute their magnitudes, this earth, a spot, a grain, an atom, with the firmament compared, and all her numbered stars that seem to roll spaces incomprehensible, for such their distance argues, and their swift return diurnal, merely to officiate light round this opacous earth, this punctual spot, one day and night, in all her vast survey useless besides. Reasoning I oft admire, how nature, wise and frugal, could commit such disproportions, with superfluous hand so many nobler bodies to create, greater so manifold to this one use, for aught appears, and on their orbs impose such restless revolution day by day repeated, while the sedentary earth, that better might with far less compass move, served by more noble than herself, attains her end without least motion, and receives as tribute such a sumless journey brought of incorporeal speed, her warmth and light. Speed, to describe whose swiftness number fails. So spake our sire, and by his countenance seemed entering on studious thoughts abstruse which Eve, perceiving, where she sat retired in sight, with lowliness majestic from her seat, and graced that one who saw, to wish her stay, rose, and went forth among her fruits and flowers, to visit how they prospered, bud and bloom, her nursery. They at her coming sprung, and, touched by her fair tendance, gladlier grew. Yet went she not, as not with such discourse delighted, or not capable her ear of what was high. Such pleasure she reserved, Adam relating, she sole auditress. Her husband the relator she preferred before the angel, and of him to ask chose rather. He, she knew, would intermix grateful digressions, and solve high dispute with conjugal caresses. From his lip, not words alone, pleased her. Oh, when meet now such pairs, in love and mutual honor joined? With goddess-like demeanor forth she went, not unattended, for on her, as queen, a pomp of winning graces waited still, 
and from about her shot darts of desire into all eyes, to wish her still in sight. And Raphael now, to Adam's doubt proposed, benevolent and facile, thus replied, To ask or search, I blame thee not, for heaven is as the book of God before thee set, wherein to read his wondrous works, and learn his seasons, hours, or days, or months, or years. This to attain, whether heaven move or earth, imports not, if thou reckon right. The rest, from man or angel, the great architect, did wisely to conceal, and not divulge his secrets to be scanned by them, who ought rather admire. Or, if they list to try conjecture, he, his fabric of the heavens, hath left to their disputes, perhaps to move his laughter at their quaint opinions wide hereafter. When they come to model heaven and calculate the stars, how they will wield the mighty frame, how build, unbuild, contrive to save appearances, how gird the sphere with centric and eccentric scribbled ore, cycle and epicycle, orb in orb, Already by thy reasoning this I guess, who art to lead thy offspring, and supposest that bodies bright and greater should not serve the less not bright, nor heaven such journeys run, earth sitting still, when she alone receives the benefit. Consider first that great or bright infers not excellence. The earth, though, in comparison of heaven so small, nor glistering, may of solid good contain more plenty than the sun that barren shines, whose virtue on itself works no effect. But in the fruitful earth, there first received his beams, unactive else, their vigor find. Yet not to earth are those bright luminaries officious, but to thee, earth's habitant. And for the heaven's wide circuit, let it speak the Maker's high magnificence, who built so spacious, and his line stretched out so far, that man may know he dwells not in his own. An edifice too large for him to fill, lodged in a small partition, and the rest ordained for uses to his Lord best known. The swiftness of those circles attribute, though numberless, to his omnipotence that to corporeal substances could add speed almost spiritual. Me thou thinkest not slow, who since the morning hour set out from heaven where God resides, and ere midday arrived in Eden, distance inexpressible by numbers that have name. But this I urge, admitting motion in the heavens, to show invalid that which thee to doubt it moved. Not that I so affirm, though so it seemed to thee who hast thy dwelling here on earth. God, to remove his ways from human sense, placed heaven from earth so far that earthly sight, if it presume, might err in things too high, and no advantage gain. What if the sun be centered to the world, and other stars by his attractive virtue, and their own incited, dance about him various rounds? their wandering course now high, now low, then hid, progressive, retrograde, or standing still, in six thou seest. And what if seventh to these, the planet Earth, so steadfast though she seem, insensibly three different motions move, which else to several sphere thou must describe, 
moved contrary with thwart obliquities, or saved the sun his labor, and that swift nocturnal and diurnal romb supposed, invisible else above all stars, the wheel of day and night, which needs not thy belief, if earth, industrious of herself, fetch day travelling east, and with her part averse from the sun's beam meet night, her other part still luminous by his ray. What if that light, sent from her through the wide transpicuous air to the terrestrial moon, be as a star, enlightening her by day, as she by night, this earth? Reciprocal, if land be there, fields and inhabitants, her spots thou seest as clouds, and clouds may rain, and rain produce fruits in her softened soil for some to eat allotted there, and other suns, perhaps, with their attendant moons, thou wilt descry, communicating male and female light, which two great sexes animate the world, stored in each orb, perhaps, with some that live. For such vast room in nature unpossessed by living soul, desert and desolate, only to shine, yet scarce to contribute each orb a glimpse of light, conveyed so far down to this habitable, which returns light back to them, is obvious to dispute. But whether thus these things, or whether not, but whether the sun, predominant in heaven, rise on the earth, or earth rise on the sun, he from the east his flaming road begin or she from the west her silent course advance with inoffensive pace that spinning sleeps on her soft axle while she paces even and bears thee soft with the smooth hair along. Solicit not thy thoughts with matters hid. Leave them to God above. Him serve and fear. Of other creatures, as him pleases best, wherever placed, let him dispose. Joy thou in what he gives to thee this paradise, and thy fair Eve. Heaven is for thee too high to know what passes there. Be lowly, wise. Think only what concerns thee and thy being. Dream not of other worlds, what creatures there live, in what state, condition, or degree. Contented that thus far hath been revealed not of earth only, but of highest heaven. To whom thus Adam, cleared of doubt, replied, How fully hast thou satisfied me, pure intelligence of heaven, angel serene, and, freed from intricacies, taught to live the easiest way, nor with perplexing thoughts to interrupt the sweet of life, from which God hath bid dwell far off all anxious cares, and not molest us, unless we ourselves seek them with wandering thoughts and notions vain. But apt the mind or fancy is to rove unchecked, and of her roving is no end, till warned, or by experience taught, she learn, that not to know at large of things remote from use, obscure and subtle, but to know that which before us lies in daily life is the prime wisdom. What is more is fume, or emptiness, or fond impertinence, and renders us in things that most concern, unpractised, unprepared, and still to seek. Therefore, from this high pitch let us descend a lower flight, and speak of things at hand useful. Whence, haply, 
mention may arise of something not unseasonable to ask, by sufferance, and thy wanted favor deigned. Thee I have heard relating what was done ere my remembrance. Now, hear me relate my story, which perhaps thou hast not heard, and day is not yet spent. Till then thou seest how subtly to detain thee I devise, inviting thee to hear while I relate. Fond were it not in hope of thy reply, for while I sit with thee I seem in heaven. And sweeter thy discourse is to my ear than fruits of palm-tree pleasantest to thirst and hunger both, from labor, at the hour of sweet repast. They satiate, and soon fill, though pleasant. But thy words, with grace divine imbued, bring to their sweetness no satiety. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>